You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I don't know. I wanted to get your thoughts where you think all the top three are going to end up, and and, and do we know? I mean, I'm loving the fact with Seattle in my sight, Sean. I'll just say that. If I can avoid... Minnesota and Colorado in the first round. I think it's going to be tough because Colorado has those games in hand and and they do play Anaheim still, but you never know. I mean, win out and see what happens. Well, I mean, them and Minnesota both, there's no more games in hand for Minnesota. Minnesota No, I thought Colorado had a game. Colorado has a game in hand. Minnesota and Dallas are at, I I think we're in the ideal. I I don't think you, you, you obviously want to win the division. Um, now Colorado has the, like you're tied with Colorado in points. You've got four games left. They've got five games left. Um, I, Minnesota is, has just two points back. Minnesota, like in theory could win the division, but it's very hard to see them getting the necessary points to catch and pass Dallas, um, or, or, and it's almost impossible actually with uh, when it comes down to regulation wins, actually, I'm just looking at that right now where the stars also have the, have the, have the tiebreaker when it comes to regulation wins on that. So that's another benefit for Dallas. It, it, I don't see, I, I, it comes to me a good thing. Now I, I it's, I see it very different. I looks very difficult for me to, uh, with the stretch here to find a Dallas Colorado first round to me, it feels like it's either, it feels like this race has kind of emerged as Dallas, Colorado for the division. And yep. that's kind of like, that's a good thing. I don't, I think you're, you're, if you want to win the whole thing, you'll have to beat Colorado at some point, but it's nice to worry about Colorado in the second round. And so I, I think we're looking at a spot where the stars stretch run is, are they going to get the, uh, are they going to, are they going to get the wild or are they going to get the Kraken? And Honestly, I'm not too displeased with either of those. I think obviously Minnesota's a little bit Minnesota's a little bit of a different matchup, maybe a little bit uh maybe a little bit stingier defensively, but I also think there is there is something to be said because hockey's an emotional sport it is. I think there is something to be said about there is a slight danger that Seattle poses as and to play off their branding. There is something lurking about a team playing its first ever playoff series. And um, I mean, who was it? It was the, there's the famous sharks beat the red wings when the sharks, it was either their expand, either the first, one of the first couple of years after the sharks were an expansion team, they came into the playoffs as an eight seed and they beat Detroit. And it was kind of one of those things where it was like just a huge, like first playoff series ever for San Jose, something along those lines where they just really just seized opportunity. And so um, you're going to have to play a good team either way. 
and I, in Dallas, it's either going to be Minnesota or Seattle. And I, I would prefer to be in the spot to play Seattle just from the perspective of you get the, you get the home, you get the, you'll get the home ice advantage in the second round. And that's, that's where I start to uh, nitpick on yep. what the best fit is. Um, it also goes back. And, and once again, to go what we talked about earlier this week, the stars, there will be an opponent waiting there. The stars, the biggest thing is checking off those boxes of having Jake Ottinger rolling, knowing who your six defensemen are and getting healthy before that. That's, those are the three biggest things, but not necessarily who it is. Then we can really start to worry about who it is. Um, if you, if you want to fret about it, but this is a good team. People remember the stars are a good team. Like other people are looking at the stars and want to avoid them. And I think there's more, I think, I think there's more of that than there is of the stars wanting to avoid other teams. And that's a great spot. That's the mark of a very good team. And I think we need to kind of acknowledge that. So I do want to say that in the two games and granted it's against Nashville and Philadelphia, but you know, these are NHL teams, the comfort that Thomas Harley has displayed and the ability to get out of the defensive zone. It, the best compare the best way I can say it is it's like he's been with the team all year. Um, he's re- I thought he really has played well over the last two games. He has. And the other thing about Thomas Harley is a very good example of something that people sometimes want to some people sometimes want to rip Jim Nill for his over ripened view of prospects um they sometimes think he's too patient on things and people said that about jake ottinger last season when they were like oh what if what if the stars had started the season with jake ottinger in the nhl well jake ottinger wasn't ready to be jake ottinger at the start of last season in the nhl he needed ahl seasoning and it's one of the spaces where some of the people who i, I hear some people are like oh why wasn't he up earlier I would argue Thomas Harley playing as much as he did in the AHL playing as well as he did in the AHL. I I think Thomas Harley's development was great this year. I think it built the confidence the right way. I think he was able to learn and make mistakes with the Texas stars down in Cedar park. And so he came into the game last night in a playoff hunt area typed area in, in the last two games. And he just played his game. He wasn't, overly thinking about how he had to win a job. He wasn't over. You could see, I I went through and watched his shifts this morning. Like there's so much confidence in there and he's always been a confident player that that was never going to change. But there's the confidence in the middle of chaos where he's making the right decisions. There's so many, um, I went and pulled uh, some clips for this and I'll probably try to put some of them together maybe to, to share on Twitter later where he makes a lot of little plays where those are the reasons he'll make the team and he'll play in the playoffs that I think people might miss. There's the, um, uh, there's, there was once there was one play where kind of a bit of a broken play at the blue line goes to Harley and he makes the quick beeline pass to Ty Delandria at the opposite blue line where Delandria doesn't get a chance or a shot, but it's that, that type of pass where the movement of the ice, the manipulation of the space could create a scoring chance at another point, or there's the play where he, um, 
there's a play along the boards. Um, and I talked about Jason Robertson earlier, where Jason Robertson did the did the checkup on the scoreboard before that goal with the, within the last seconds of the first period. There's a play I loved last night where we're watching Harley, where he's going to get the puck. He's going to dig the puck off the boards. And if you watch closely, you can see him do the shoulder check for where the four checkers are coming. A confident player, a smart player, makes that shoulder check. It's not fear, it's reading the room. It's reading the situation where a in, an unconfident younger player goes to that puck and is swiveling and throwing it off the glass as quick as possible. Harley instead read the play and made a decision. And those are the little things that I think we just see that he got from playing 24 minutes a night in Texas, playing all those things. Like, I, I don't think he, Thomas Harley, if he had been in the NHL earlier this season, I don't think he's this version of Thomas Harley because he's playing 12, 13 minutes a night. He's worried about getting scratched. Um, it's, he, the development path was right for Thomas Harley. Now, to be clear, just to add the quick caveat, and we don't have to go deep down this path, but just to add the quick caveat, just because they made the right decision about Thomas Harley's development doesn't mean they necessarily made the right decision about Nils Lundqvist. That doesn't mean the, the, the two are not, I'm not completely co-signing everything they've done with defensemen this year, but yep. you have, you have to, you have to give the, you, we, 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 we uh, threw some barbs about the Lundqvist situation. I also want to give credit to the Harley situation. I, you, you, you give you, give your wins and losses properly. And the way they handled Harley this year was the right decision. Well, I think there's also a, you know, with development, Sean, I think, you know, being sent down, I think, you know, there are some players that could react differently. And there are those players which seem to be Harley where it's like, I still have a lot to learn. This is not a guaranteed situation. And because he got up to the NHL pretty quick. Um, and I think that also psychologically coming back in, knowing where to fit in the room, um, having that, because he came up with a lot of confidence this time around. Yeah. I, I also think there's a bit of, a um, there's also a bit of for younger players with, and I don't want to be accused of stereotyping here, but it, 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 it is a stereotype. So I apologize. Um, but there, for a lot of the times you see the AHL as a demo, where guys see the AHL as an emotion or somewhere where they don't want to be, it tends to be a lot of guys who come from outside the North American system. Um, Val Nachushkin, part of his, like, he wasn't leaving Russia to go play in the AHL. He was leaving Russia to play in the NHL. And then when you end up in the AHL, you're like, what am I doing here? Um, and same thing with when it came with Nils Lundqvist and kind of finding his right fit in the Rangers organization, where it's not like in Sweden they talk about the Hartford Wolfpack, right? Like just like yeah. it's, like it's it's the like you talk about the New York Rangers, and not that Thomas Harley. There are definitely North American players that have issues when they get sent down. I'm not saying that's the case, but there is Thomas Harley. It's not like Thomas Harley was in a different country in a different country where he didn't know anyone and he, and and they weren't speaking his language like the Nachushkin situation or 
the Gurionov situation or anything like that with some of those guys. So I, I think there is an element to that of comfort. I also think there is a reality of when it comes to being a defenseman and you want to play playing 25 minutes a night scoring points being one of the best guys on the team that's not like it's 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 not a bad thing like it's yeah. it's not like it's, it's it's not a bad thing it's not like and austin and this is another and uh and, and slight teaser you and i'll probably talk a little bit more about this on monday but like austin is a place where from a spot where there's a minor league hockey team it's not like and i'm gonna say this to with all due respect to rockford it's not rockford it's not like like it's 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 austin texas it's it's not a bad it's a really nice place to play minor league hockey the players love it the atmosphere is great like the stars have done a great job making the texas stars an extension of the franchise an extension of the of where things go and it allowed harley to be at his best and he's going to be he's going to play in the playoffs he's going to come into next year with a ton of confidence uh he is they've handled thomas harley the right way um and it's like i i i think it's uh I think it's it's a good thing. It's a good thing. Now, once again, once again, with the caveat, I don't think they handled Nils Lundqvist the right way. But Thomas Harley's situation is moving in the right direction, and that's and that's good. Yeah, um, wanted to also ask you about Colin Miller, mm-hmm. um, who's been on this scoring tear as of late. Now an offensive threat. Have you seen any change in his game, or is this just a, a, a streak? Six goals now on the season, three recently. Yeah, I mean he, he's he got moved off the pair with Miro, right? So he played with Harley the past couple games. And I think there is a, something we saw at an elite level with Miro where Miro deferred a little bit whenever he would play with Klingberg. I I think Colin Miller um, has been deferring less lately. Um, I think there's a, and so I I think that that's part of it. He's willing to be a little bit more of the shooter on the pairing. Um, He's also got a much better, um, he has a better shot he has a better shot than Harley too. So I think there's a little bit of a, of a natural decision there as well. Um, Miller is an interesting case where I think him with Harley, one of the things that, that they've covered for each other. Well, Um, and those are two guys who, if you were trying to like put up red flags of your worry about them for the playoffs was, can they play if they're not playing with Miro and, or without an elite, without an elite shutdown guy. And I think the fact that Miller and Harley covered for each other, well, the fact they, they created for each other. um, I think that's another good sign that that pair can work. And uh, Miller, I want Miller shooting more. Like, I think I honestly, I would have liked to see him, get a little bit more power play time this year just from the perspective of he's got like he, he one year he won the hardest shot competition in the AHL like he's got a cannon like I'd like to yeah. see that deployed a little bit more too so I would too yeah yeah I, I would too we're going to talk positives today so we won't I, well I guess we could mention I thought Ryan Suter had a little rough game last night um but uh we've already gone down that path yeah 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 <laughs> yep. 
Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Uh, so on to tomorrow. So it's kind of a fascinating game because, you know, even though both teams are in the playoffs, they have a lot to play for. And uh, Vegas has just been, Bruce Cassidy's done a really, really nice job there. We've talked about that on the podcast. It's just going through multiple goalies, going through multiple injuries, and just somehow they continue to be counted out, but continue to win. So um, they've put together a really, really nice team. and uh, But they have a lot to play for because Edmonton's playing some of their best hockey of the year. And Edmonton's nipping at them in the Pacific. So, um, And they also want to solidify number one in the West. So I, I'm, I'm fascinated by tomorrow's afternoon game. It should both, I would think both teams would come out with pretty fast legs. Yeah, it's, uh, it would be... Vegas is Vegas is a very good team. They're deep. They, I, I like the way they play with Bruce Cassidy. Um, they uh, they're a very good team. It's a team that's, and honestly, the biggest question mark about them going forward is which goalie will get the net in the first round when because I, I, it's they haven't clinched the division yet, but I'm pretty sure Vegas can clinch the division tomorrow if I do my like rough yeah. rudimentary math like. Them getting to 108 would put them five points ahead of of Edmonton. Um, and then Edmonton could, and I wouldn't clinch, but but a win tomorrow for Vegas would put them pretty damn close to to, to clinching the, the Pacific. So one of the biggest questions um, with uh, with with at Vegas really is when they go is who will they be playing? Cause it'll either be the, the wild card race is getting really wild <laughs> over the last with, with, with four games to play for, and, and who will be in goal. And the other night I thought it was really interesting that Jonathan quick did not get the net in the revenge game, potential revenge game against the Kings. That seemed like kind of a, a spot where you would have naturally gone with quick back, back against the Kings. And um, now Lauren Brassois played really well. That was the right decision but you have uh logan thompson who's been really good this year but is coming off injury will he play before the end of the season vegas is a team that has gone from that 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 they're kind of uh opposites not opposite but you look at vegas and you look back at net at the net and you're like i just i wonder in the playoffs i don't know if they're gonna have the right guy in net and as a Stars fan, it should make you feel really happy because you don't have that question. And yeah. honestly, this I know this wasn't the point of the question, but like you go through the Western Conference um, against Colorado, I'm taking the Stars goaltending. Against Minnesota, I'm taking the Stars goaltending. Against Vegas, I'm taking the Stars goaltending. Against Edmonton, I'm taking the Stars goaltending. Against LA, I'm taking the Stars goaltending. Yep. Against Seattle, I'm definitely taking the Stars goaltending. The only one where I, the only potential where I don't take where where I start to have pause about is Jake Ottinger the better goalie is 
if you end, end up getting meeting Winnipeg or Nashville, yeah. because frankly, UC Soros has dragged the Predators into the like UC Soros probably should be, at least be in the conversation. He won't win, but he should be in the conversation for the Hart Trophy if Nashville gets in. And uh, Connor Hellebuck is still one of the best goalies in the world. Like, yep. But it's the Stars have the you can easily make the case the Stars have the best goaltending situation in the Western Conference. Yeah. And yeah. that's Vegas may have the least secure goaltending situation in the Western Conference. So it's uh it's it's a spot where is it a little bit cliche to just talk about goaltending? Yes, but it is it is it is it is the the problem that Vegas has to figure out of are they going to make the right choice? And um I I hope how great would it be for a Vegas LA series? Like just, I, I, I hope it's quick just for the storylines of how great would a Vegas, uh, Vegas LA series be with John quick against, against the Kings. That'd be great. <laughs> oh yeah. You know, and we, we've talked, we talked of about how we want to replicate what they did in baseball with the world baseball classic. And I was just thinking, you know, everyone's thinking about team USA with, uh, Matthews and Jason Robertson and just all the talent. Um, and we really haven't talked about the goaltending of TM, Team USA, where you're probably going to have a Hellebuck Ottinger one two combo. Yeah, uh, it would be definitely. I want to make sure I have this. This It would be definitely Hellebuck and Ottinger would definitely be the two. And then I guess your other one would probably be at this point. It depends on what your view of, I mean, before this season with how we played this season, John Gibson and Thatcher Demko would be in that conversation. Yep. But right oh, now yeah. it's, but right now it's definitely, it's a Ottinger Hellebuck are definitely one and two in that, in that realm yep. for your, your two American goalies. And then, then there's a whole, there's a, Big race between the Jeremy Swayman, Jack uh, Jack Campbell, Casey DeSmith, <laughs> uh, t- t- uh, probably see how Thatcher Demko turns things around. Yeah, uh, like it's a. And Demko's been better since he came back from injury, but yeah, yeah. I look at yeah. some of those guys too. Like I, I look and I'm at the teams they're on, like Demko in Vancouver, Gibson in Anaheim. Like if I put Gibson on the Stars, for example, like mm-hmm. obviously I think Jake Ottinger's better, but surrounding yes Gibson yes. and Demko with better players, how good or how much better would they be? It's it's just like for example like Jeremy Swayman right like he's the backup in Boston and Olmark's yeah. having a tremendous year but is Jeremy Swayman a nine twenty one save percentage goalie outside of Boston I I don't think he is but that's but it's it's like it, it's it's all about it's what circumstance handles for you um, just like I don't know if case like for example you look at uh, Spencer Knight, who obviously is who's going through uh, his own stuff with the program right now and with the with the player assistance program, but but he is someone who, under a more defensively guided system, is he? I think he's a little bit better of a goalie than his numbers show this year. Um, it environment is important when looking at these things, and it's sometimes it's hard to distill it, and it's uh, it's it's uh, it's the reason that like we talk about goaltending where. 
Like, I'm not, uh, I'm not sure on, I'm not, I'm not taking anything away from what Linus Olmark has set, has done this year, but I also am more impressed with what UC Saros has done this year behind that Nashville team, for example. Yeah. Yeah. So coming up, the stars have Vegas, then the Red Wings on Monday, then a back-to-back with the Blues Wednesday and Thursday. I'm kind of interested to get your thoughts. Play Pete DeBoer, play Jim Nell. What is your goalie schedule? Let me look at the schedule here. So I for, for while you look at that, I'm going to have Andre yeah. go. I'm going to have him go tomorrow. I'm going to have him go Monday. And then I'm going to have him sit one of the games, preferably Thursday. Um. Yeah, so... I mean, Ottinger definitely plays tomorrow against against Vegas. Um, he will be at. He's played. That'll be a sixtieth, sixtieth, sixtieth appearance of the year. Um, I would like Ottinger to play two of the. I'd I'd actually like to pull. I'd like to cut him off at sixty starts. Just thinking of. Um, of how it goes and I and so I think I actually want Scott Wedgwood to play two of the next four okay um, just from a perspective of you I, I really want your best Jake Andre going to the playoffs like I, I have him play against Vegas tomorrow night um, I think Detroit I think Detroit gets a I think you play Scott Wedgwood against Detroit because I I want this would be only Wedgwood's second NHL start since he came back from the injury. Um, and as much as like you, you don't ever want to plan for the word, you don't want the worst case scenario. You also want the break glass in case of emergency ready too. So like I, I don't want I, I want Scott I don't want Scott Wedgwood to have played two NHL games as the backup. To, and then like hopefully you never need Scott Wedgwood, but I do want him to have played a little bit more. So I I would split the four games between the two of them with. Ottinger getting the Vegas game, Wedgwood getting the Detroit game, and then probably, probably Detroit. Probably how you handle the back-to-back against St. Louis, to me, probably is determined on how you're going to handle the rest of your lineup and where the standings are. Like I, I think that one is. I, I think that will be a very fascinating discussion for the Stars to have on after they've played these next two games if they're in a spot where they need to win win them both to get to win the division i think you go ottinger game one um i, I think you I, you know what i think you go ottinger game one either way i think he you get Andrew in st louis then scott wedgwood gets the thursday season finale i, I think you do it that way um but that's thursday season finale is going to be interesting to see how the stars handle some other things because if things are locked up in certain ways you don't need to play Tyler Sagan that game you don't need to like you have yeah. you have Nils Lundqvist and Thomas and, and, and Joel Hanley sitting on the bench healthy scratch right now like uh, if there's nothing on the line in that Thursday April 13th game that game becomes very much a uh, package every package everyone in packing peanuts that has anything 
get it get as many guys in as possible that are not going to play game one obviously there's rules with recalls now you can only get so many non-emergency recalls so you can't just it's not as simple as just calling you can't call up the texas stars to play the game but if that, <laughs> but, if, but if but if that game doesn't mean anything i don't want to risk anything in the second game of a back-to-back bef- with and with four days before game one or i mean game one will either be april 17th or 18th so with either four or five days before game one so do you think that the stars brass looks at the avalanche results for instance we'll play tomorrow afternoon the abs are in la to play the kings tomorrow night and then sunday they play the ducks so before monday's uh, stars game the stars will have a pretty good idea where the abs stand mm-hmm. and then the, the abs have the uh, oilers on tuesday and um, they have the Jets and the Predators, which they should beat. So a couple of tough ones for the Avs. Do you think they're scoreboard watching or do they just have their own regimen? Yeah, I, I think you have to be, I think you have to take your own regimen into it. It's the, it's more so of that last game of the year, I think, where you have scoreboard watching. I think from the Stars, game 82 is more, is the only one that really determines on what the Avs do. Because, um, and, and you say, for example, like, you say Nashville and the Avs should beat Nashville and Winnipeg, but remember, look at the wild card race right now. Nashville and Winnipeg, they play this weekend. That one is absolutely huge. You talk about a playoff game, like Nashville and Winnipeg play tomorrow, and the winner of that game will be in the driver's seat to get the wild card. Like that is a that the must watch hockey game if you're not a Stars fan. Yeah, is to, on, on Saturday is Nashville Winnipeg. So. Whoever play the Colorado will be playing two teams that in theory could be down to the wire to get into the playoffs. So it's it's a tougher schedule for Colorado. Um, but as as a stars, I stick to how do I get the best team for game one? I want to win the division, but I also don't want to have some wackiness come out of having made the wrong decision and worried about game eighty two more than game one of the playoffs. 